This is Ashley Ramsey with the Slay the Giants podcast, the show where we slay our giants and conquer our fears. You will hear from myself and some amazing experts on subjects that matter most to you. Through their stories, you will be empowered and enlightened. Are you ready to slay your giant? Come on, let's go. Hey, Slay family. Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. I appreciate you being a part of this discussion and all of the discussions that we're talking about. Thank you for your feedback, your reviews. I really appreciate you guys and your support and your love. It's so amazing. Thank you so much. Today's topic, I know many of you have had to face, you've had to deal with, you've had challenges with it, you're working through it. And I believe that it is important for us to talk about these things. So here we go. I've been in a toxic relationship for most of my life. This relationship has gripped me to my core. I don't really know how we became close friends, but all I can remember is that he's always been there. When I was very young, he would walk with me to school and accompany me in the dark at night before bed. He would tell me that I couldn't do something or to quit because what I wanted to do, I wasn't good enough for. When I was a teenager and tried out for the cheerleading team, he told me I wouldn't make it because I didn't look like the other girls and I wasn't coordinated. (laughs) Proved him wrong. He told me I couldn't speak in front of people because I had a lisp and people wouldn't be able to understand me. But I proved him wrong in fourth grade when I did this amazing speech for the poem Life for Me Ain't Been No Crystal Stare. Then as I got older, he followed me. No matter what I did, I just couldn't shake him. When I was in high school, he introduced me to his friend who told me I didn't look like everybody else, so I didn't measure up. I went to an all-white high school. I stuck out like a sore thumb. Then came college, and I would hang out with him all the time. But now, he would bring over lots of food, and we would eat while he would make fun of me and convince me that I would never graduate. This friend has been here for a long time. But now I am breaking up with him. Yep, I'm breaking up with fear. Fear is an unpleasant or often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Fear's cousin is insecurity, uncertainty, or anxiety about oneself. Lack of confidence. Fear has been the single most debilitating thing in my life and that has affected me so much. I've struggled with all types of fear. Fear of heights. Don't get me on a plane and actually don't sit next to me on a plane because I will probably squeeze your hand so tight or even (laughs) many years ago, I dug my fingernails into my dad's arm while we were going up in the air. Fear of public speaking. You know, I had this fear that I was not going to be able to speak well or not have the right words to say. Fear of the future, fear of failing. And yes, fear of dogs, not just any dogs. Little dogs don't bother me. The big ones, yeah, they're a little bit more scary. I have plenty of stories, so we'll share that in a few minutes. Fear is a sense of uncertainty you have about a future or future outcome. You don't know what will happen next. And as a result, you fear what is hiding and waiting for you around the corner. In order to move through this, you need to gain relevant knowledge, information, and support that will help you gain more certainty. According to Pathway for Fear, fear is a natural response of our nervous system. 
it was built into us for survival. However, over your life, it may have overdeveloped. Unnecessary fear can be generated in your nervous system and body from negative thoughts and imagined scenarios. Now picture this, many times you have an idea, you have a plan, you wanna do something, or even you wanna go out and you're afraid of certain things happening to you. All of these scenarios roll through your mind. It may be a real danger, but oftentimes it is an imagined danger that you're worried about and you get worked up about. Our fear generating system can't tell the difference between a real scenario and one we imagine. If you imagine a hurtful scenario, your nervous system and body responds with creating fear as if it were a real situation. If you have a mind that imagines painful scenarios in uncontrolled ways, then you will have uncontrolled amount of fear. Fear isn't the problem. Fear and anxiety are natural responses to what your mind is imagining. The problem is that your mind is creating too many fearful scenarios and thoughts. The more I research about fear, the more I realize that it starts with your mind. The mind is the carrier of our thoughts, but we must imagine our thoughts through our words, and we must manage our thoughts through our words. The Bible mentions two specific types of fear. The first type is beneficial and encouraged. It is the fear of God, having that reverential fear, that honor for God and his deity and his power. And then the second one is detrimental to us and we should overcome. And that is just fear in general, being afraid to conquer things, to pursue things. You know, the Bible talks about God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I remember when I was very young and walking to school and even to the bus stop, which was about a half a mile away from my house, I would be so nervous and so afraid that something was going to jump out at me or someone was going to grab me. I was just so nervous about walking. And none of these dangers were real because I had never heard of anything like that happening to anyone or had not seen it happen. But in my mind, this was a possibility. And um, my mom taught me this song, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And I would sing that song until I got to the bus stop, until I got to school. And then even now, when I have a moment of like the enemy's trying to bring anxiety and, and fear my way, I'll start quoting that scripture and singing it because it has power in it. It's not of God when we have fear. And so we understand that when we're operating in the spirit of fear, we miss out on so many things that God wants to do in and through us. You see, in that scripture, Paul was exhorting Timothy to not let the spirit of fear keep him from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The spirit of fear can cause us to shrink in the face of opposition, persecution, and struggles. The spirit of God wants us to move forward into God's will with confidence. So when you operate in the spirit of fear, you're not confident about what you're doing. You're not confident about moving forward and taking the next steps. But when you understand that God is in control of your next steps, I feel a preaching coming on. When you understand that God is in control and he has it all mapped out and he's not going to let you fail, you don't have to operate in the spirit of fear. Sometimes this spirit of fear overcomes us. It overtakes us. And we need to learn to trust and love the Lord completely. The Bible says, 
that there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's what 1 John 4.18. And no one is perfect and God knows this. That is why he talks about not having fear, being bold, being confident, knowing who God is, knowing who God and, and has his hand on. Thinking about Matthew 10, verse 31, talking about not being afraid. Aren't you worth more than the sparrows? So in other words, if God can take care of the sparrows, you, aren't you much more than that? You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. He's got you. God tells us not to be afraid of being alone, of being weak, of being not knowing what the future holds. God is constantly telling us, don't be afraid. Conquer this fear. Trust God. Know that I am able to deal with everything that you're faced with. I remember when I first dealt with my fear of dogs. So one of my good friends growing up, she's also my god sister. They had a dog. His name was Boomer. Great dog. Amazing dog. Boomer was the most friendliest dog ever. But as I would go to their house after school, I was so afraid of Boomer. I was so afraid of what Boomer could do. I thought, you know, if a dog has teeth, he can bite. You know, you go over people's houses and they're like, my dog don't bite. Yes, he does. If he got teeth, he can bite. (laughs) But um, I was so afraid of Boomer. And um, in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, why was I so afraid? He, He never did anything to me. Just a really friendly dog. Always wanted to be up under me. But I was like, nope, get away. So every time I went to their house, they had to put Boomer away. I had another encounter with a dog when I was coming home from school. I was walking home from school when I was very young. This is in Florida. And as I was walking home, I saw this dog come out of nowhere. And um, I ran. I ran away from the dog, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Because, you know, you run, they're going to keep running. Anyway, I saw this dog coming and I began to run. And I was screaming. I was hollering, help, help, all around the neighborhood. Until finally, one of my friends, Seymour, his brother, Corey, older brother, Corey, the school that I went to was the elementary, middle, and high school, but he was at the high school. And so he saw me and he was like, come here, come here, come here. And he was like screaming at the dog to leave me alone. Leave her alone, leave her alone. So I ran towards his voice and then he let me hide in his house for a few minutes until that dog ran away. I remember that day so distinctly because I was running around that neighborhood like a mad woman, like, help me. And then probably another encounter was um, maybe when I was about 18, 19, I was at my cousin's house and they had a dog. This dog was a big dog. I mean, big, big dog. It's a dog that most people would kind of be nervous about. And so I was going to knock on the door and the dog came to the door and just started barking, 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 barking. Of course, I didn't acknowledge the dog. So the dog took it upon himself and he started to like lunge at me like he was going to bite me to the point where he did try to bite me, but he didn't get me because I had jeans on and his teeth marks were in my jeans that day. And then my cousin, who I'm going to remain nameless or maybe I will shot her out. (laughs) My cousin from the Bahamas (laughs) started screaming and hollering and yelling like, I'm like, Kevra, yes, I'm calling your name. I'm like, get your dog. He's about to bite me. 
<laughs> I was so nervous and afraid and uh, that only strengthened my fear of dogs. And then lastly, uh, when I was in college, me and one of my friends, Faith, we were walking and while we were walking, you know, we saw this dog come running out of nowhere. And I think neither one of us were like ready to deal with this dog. So we started running because we saw the dog running behind us and we just was like running, 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 running so quick, so fast and to the point where we got a little tired. And so we saw that there was like a fence. And so we we're like, we're going to jump the fence. But at the time, this fence was not like a very sturdy fence. It was a fence to surround an area that was a construction site. So, you know, those fences aren't very sturdy. They're just makeshift fences just to surround the space so that no one touches the material. So um, she decides that she's going to go jump over the fence and I'm running behind her. And the entire fence fell over. It was hilarious. The fence fell over and we're just like on the ground busting out laughing. But guess what happened to the dog? The dog ran right past us because what we did not notice was that there was a biker probably about a quarter of a mile in front of us. And the dog belonged to the biker <laughs> in front of us. And so we were like, that was so silly running away from this little dog who wasn't even running towards us, probably would have ran past us had we not been running and being afraid. You see, sometimes our fear is not real. In fact, I'm going to venture to say most times the fear that we have is just not real. And we can't allow fear to take over our mind, our heart, because it brings anxiety, it brings insecurity, and those things hinder us from actually walking out what God has for us. When fear takes over, we want to hide from everyone, especially God. Our fear keeps us in bondage, whether we're fearful of the future, fearful of becoming ill, fearful of experiencing job loss. Fear can control us to the point of turning away and hiding from the true and living God. Through prayer, worship, acknowledging all of these things, you can shift your eyes from the things that are happening around you and focus your attention on the God who is able to help you get through that fear. How many of you have dreams that you have left to the side because of fear? I don't have money. Things aren't gonna work out. You've created this scenario in your mind of how bad it's going to turn out. And none of it is true. It's not real. So we have to be mindful of the things that we're allowing to enter our gates and to stop us from moving forward. Another fear I want to talk about, which I know many people have heard of this or maybe you haven't, but this other fear is called the fear of man. And this is the fear that many people who have grown up in very legalistic environments or even environments where we feel like we have to live a certain way or we have to portray a certain image. This is a fear that says, I don't want to lose man's approval. I want to do everything perfect so that I am perceived a certain way. So that when people look at me, they see me as an expert. They see me as an awesome person. They see me as, you know, perfect or polished. And the reality is you're not perfect. The only thing perfect is the God in us. 
And so we can't make an idol out of, you know, being mindful constantly of what people think and how they're going to perceive what you're doing. A lot of times we miss out on opportunities and doing what we ought to do because we are afraid of what man is going to say and do. And honestly, we got to think more highly of God than we do about man. If God says, hey, I've called you to do this. I'm telling you to do this. I want you to go for it. Then don't allow the fear of man to stop you. Do what you have been called to do. Like the moment I said, you know what? I feel led to start this podcast. There were so many different fears that came my way. Will anyone listen? Who's going to be a part of it? And how am I going to coordinate this with everything else I have going on? And all of these fears. And what if it's not good? And what if I don't have the content? And all of these different fears and anxiety. And I know a lot of times when I get those thoughts of fear or thoughts of anxiety or, or I'm lacking confidence in something, it is probably something that God's hand is on. And the enemy is trying to convince me to self-sabotage and move out of what God is saying. Because that's all it is. It's self-sabotage when you allow fear to keep you so far down from doing what God has called you to do that you don't follow what he's telling you. Listen, sabotaging yourself and just do what God has told you to do. Stop making idols of man's approval of what they say or what they're going to do. Stop making an idol out of their opinion. It doesn't matter what they think. Think about what God is saying. You know, I often think about the fact that when God is telling you to do something, there's always going to be negative things that could be said or that could be done. Someone's always going to have opinions, okay? And so everyone's going to have an opinion about what you do, how you carry yourself, what you say, how you act. However, think about this. If you don't do what you have been called to do, what you feel you need to do, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities. We can't allow fear to be a hindrance to us. We can't allow fear to keep us down and in bondage. Come out of it. Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers the fear. Okay? So fear will be there. Fear exists. Fear will always be in front of you. But you have to say, I am not going to allow this fear to make me have a panic attack, to make me be fearful, worried, lose sleep. I am going to allow this fear to push me into where I want to go and what I need to do. Three ways you can conquer your fear. Number one, identify the fear. Call it out. Tell that fear you cannot stay here. So whenever you feel that fear, you tell it, nope, I am not going to allow you to stay here. You got to go. Secondly, do it afraid. Do it afraid. Yes, odds are stacked against you. Things aren't lining up the way you thought they would. Do it afraid. Do it anyway. Don't let fear stop you. And then thirdly, celebrate the victory. Any behavior that is celebrated will be repeated. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for joining me. And don't allow fear to hinder you. Slay that giant of fear. See you later, slave family. 